0: Hi, my name is Jovi, and my name is Charlie, and you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, crime stories. stories. This is a weekly cheer crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Yes. Hi, Jovi. Hi, Charlie. Hi. It's so exciting to uh,
1: actually record with your voice. I know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Ah, well. So when I edit this later, I'm going to be like, oh, God, <laughs> what is that? So, yes.
0: It's all right. It's all right. So, obviously, as you guys are listening here, you're probably going to hear a, something a little different than what we normally do. Um, so, we wanted to have Jovi take her turn telling us stories that keep her up at night. Yes. Um, but, unfortunately, Nikki wasn't able to be here with us tonight for our recording. So, no. uh, we are just going to uh, do this as a duo. Yes. And And, um, yeah. So, I guess that's that's really kind of all the intro that you need for now, guys. But um, I'm going to turn it over to Jovi. She's going to tell us all her bed crime story that she's written for us. And um, yeah, so take
1: it away, Jovi. All right. Well, first, I want to apologize in case this is, comes out like shit. Um, but I'm going to give it a go. So yep. today I am going to be telling you guys the story of Charles Severance, he is a serial killer from Virginia. Okay. So my sources for today are northernvirginiamag.com, mm-hmm. nbcwashington.com, burlingtonfreepress.com, alexandriava.gov, wtp.com, and of course Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Good old Wikipedia Murderpedia. You really can't go wrong.
0: You absolutely can't. This is
1: actually one that I've never heard of Woo-hoo! ever in
0: my life, nice. so I'm super excited to, to hear this one tonight.
1: <clears throat> okay. Cool. I'm glad you never heard of it before. (laughs) All right, so let's get started. Charles Stannard Severance was born on September 25th, 1960, and was raised in the suburban Oakton neighborhood of Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, He was a normal kid from a normal family. He attended Robinson Secondary School, enrolled as an undergraduate at George Mason University, mm-hmm. and ultimately the University of Virginia before taking a series of engineering jobs. Hmm. Okay, so smart. So yes, smart. Okay. Yes, very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, he landed a permanent job at a local wastewater authority. Mm-hmm. When he was in his twenties, he briefly joined a cult, to which he started giving what little money he had to the "quote unquote" church, mm. according to his mother. hmm (laughs) got a winner there yeah I mean (laughs) smart but gullible I guess right yes exactly Um, and eventually he bought a townhouse in Alexandria on Gunston Road to which he dubbed it the Gunston Manor okay I mean fancy yeah okay Stan and Virginia Severance Charles' parents confirmed and acknowledged that their son had mental problems Um, his mother said that a psychiatrist diagnosed him with schizophrenia and bipolar disease Mm. and prescribed a medication you know Taking the proper steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she said that Charles, of course, stopped taking them because he complained that the medicine made him feel disorientated. Disoriented. (laughs) (laughs) I could speak. That's all right. Just add in extra syllables.
0: Well, and that's actually very common, specifically from what I understand with schizophrenia patients, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they tend to stop taking their medication because the symptoms stop. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm fine. So they'll stop taking and then it comes back kind of with with a vengeance yeah and
1: that or i feel like because the other voices the other personalities have quiet have become quiet yeah they're like oh wait this is weird because they're not used to it correct yeah no
0: i get that that's my thought on that
1: that's the that on that (laughs) because now i'm a doctor (laughs) So moving on. Yeah. Charles Grudge with Alexandria, Virginia started with a court case, a bitter custody battle with Tamala Nichols, the estranged mother of their son. You ready for it? Oh, okay. Levite. Levite? Levite. Like Levite. L-E-V-I-T-E. Levite severance. Yes.
0: Wow. He hated his child, apparently. Well, it's just, that's a <laughs> Levite severance. It sounds made up. Yes, like it sounds like you would make that name for like a character in a movie, right? That that wouldn't actually be a real name, right? That's that's. I mean, honestly, it's kind of cool. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Are
1: laughs> I mean, Levite. When I was doing the story, I was like, okay, that's weird. But when I say it out loud, it does. It sounds kind of like old timey and like yes, like very proper. Yes, yes.
0: But Levite
1: Severance. Well, very proper. He loved history, so maybe mm. there was a Levite in history that. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna name my child after this dude." Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, you never know. You never know. Charles and Tamla met at a square dancing dance <laughs> in Northern Aww. Virginia in July of 1998. Fun. And by the time their son was born in April of 1999, she had moved into his house in a neighborhood in Alexandria called Park Fairfax. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. <laughs> She, she didn't like, like this that part of the story. No, no. no. She's rude because I love square dancing. <laughs> I mean, the hoedown, throwdown, you know what you I mean. Right? Just saying. Yeah. All right. So Tamala thought she could write out his turbulent behavior, but the emotional abuse and erratic behavior was just—it was too much. Mm. Um, she left in early 2000, taking Charles Court to gain full custody of Levite. Mm-hmm. Levite. <clears throat> I am the lion in this home. You must submit. Charles told Tamala, according to dark to to dark court documents, to court documents. Yeesh. Yeah, that alone would have freaked me out. honestly. Yeah. yeah. He had acted as his own attorney during the custody battle, <sighs> hmm. filing a series of briefs that were a cross between therapeutic rage journaling and amateur legal trolling. Yeesh. Good times. Yeah. During the series of court hearings, Charles verbally attacked Tamala. His behavior was reported to be so alarming that the presiding judge in the case asked if sheriff Jim Dunning, now remember that name, Jim we'll, Dunning. We're going to we're going to mm-hmm. visit that later. Okay. to provide extra deputies as courtroom security. Woof. When the custody battle was going on, he decided to run. Ready? Are mm-hmm. you ready for this? Mm-hmm. For mayor of Alexandria in 2000, Best part, it wasn't his first time running for office. Mm, Okay. Um, He also ran for mayor in a 1996 special election, as well as for Congress for the 8th District. Dang. Yeah. I mean... Persistent. Again, he may have, you know, he used to work in engineering. Big brain. Yeah. If he wasn't a psychopath, then maybe he would have stood a chance. Yeah. Charles appeared at campaign events dressed entirely... In black, with a cloak and sunglasses, and on several occasions during these campaigns, he became violent. During one of the forums he attended during his 1996 campaign, he grabbed an American flag off the stage and pointed the speared end at his opponents and then to the audience before fleeing out the door. So,
0: all in black, with a cloak and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Is anybody else thinking about um, what's his face from Who Framed Roger Rabbit?
1: Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> that's all I picture when you're saying that. I mean, honestly, I'd rather look at his face than yeah. what this dude actually yeah. looks like. We, so we. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then during his 2000 campaign for mayor, he punched the debate organizer. Oh my god! <laughs> so. Very violent. Wow. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, The focus for both of Charles' campaigns were juvenile mental health and psychotropic drug prescriptions, and he responded to nearly every question by transitioning the talk into these topics. Hmm. Um, In a statement in 2000, he said that, and I quote, a plague of child and adolescent psychiatry threatened to overwhelm Alexandria. He went on to say, terrorism, child exploitation, and adolescent abuse by child and adolescent psychiatrists who peddle dope for profit under the guise of academia and clinical practice must be eradicated. Dang. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of impressed with all the big words. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, like very thesaurus heavy. Mm -hmm. But no, my, my curiosity is, does he feel this way? Because that's exactly what happened to him. Possibly. So like Because he felt that there was like uh, psychotherapeutic drugs that were kind of pushed on him as a young person. Right. And then now he feels like he needs to like avenge all kids that are being prescribed are, psychotherapeutic I,
1: drugs. Actually, that's a good way of looking at it. That's like he felt offended. Right. So he's like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah.
0: And I guess he felt this was the only way that he can like take power. And, right. And make change. Right.
1: Which again, if it, wasn't so crazy it right actually isn't terrible right if it didn't have all the extra spice exactly <laughs> yeah and a little bit of spice and a little bit of spice <laughs> um he was obviously defeated in all three campaigns i, I, I mean i know venture,
0: i guess that that's makes sense yeah, yeah. shocking yeah. i know mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. In March of 2001, uh, the judge in the custody battle granted Tamil full custody of their son, determining that it was in the best interest of the child. Duh. Well, yeah. Charles was granted one last opportunity to say goodbye, but the judge had become increasingly concerned about his mental state during the long and tumultuous custody dispute. That poor kid. Yeah. That yeah. poor kid. Yeah. I would love to pick his brain. Like, to see what it was like to go through all that and see his dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. I can't no. even imagine the amount of therapy he's probably going Ugh. through right now. Ugh, yeah. Also, I'd like to say the word tumultuous is so fun. It's a fun word. It's good. That's I love good it. Word. It doesn't get used enough. Yeah. Okay, he then required the final goodbye between Charles and Levite to take place in the courtroom in the presence of uniformed sheriff's deputies. Again, okay. makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Uh, this would be the last time he would ever see his son, and the fact that he was not allowed to touch him during the meeting became the source of a great deal of anger and resentment. I get that. And I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I, I don't fault him for that. Yeah. Both of Charles' parents stated that their son had a temper and was upset after he lost his son. I get it. His mother also said that Charles' son was the one thing in life that he actually loved more than anything.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like, I kind of... It's, it's sad because I would root for him because that, that is sad. I can't yes. even imagine. Yes.
0: Right. But Remember, he kind of right. did
1: it to himself. Correct. Correct. No, I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this custody battle was when he developed a deep hatred of police, the courts, and city elites and eventually led to his murder spree. So that was a little <sighs> bit of background on him. Now we're no. actually going to get into the victims and the murders. Okay. Keep in mind that I actually didn't even tell the year that this happened. Um, They're still fairly recent, so there wasn't a lot of information to actually delve into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so the first first victim happened on December 5th, 2003. Hmm. Um, Her name was Nancy Dunning, a well-known real estate agent in the community. Mm. Uh, She was home alone in the middle of the afternoon when she heard a knock at her door. When she answered the door of her Mount Ida Avenue house, Charles shot her with a twenty two long rifle, Ugh. North American arms, five-shot mini revolver with Remington subsonic ammunition multiple times. That was a mouthful. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dunning. Mm-hmm. That's familiar. Mm-hmm. You made me remember
0: that from earlier. <laughs> I sure did, and yeah. we're
1: going to get into that in a yeah. second. Uh, Nancy was shot... Near her collarbone, uh, that bullet hit her lung, windpipe, and a major artery, causing internal bleeding. Another bullet went through her arm and struck her in the chest, leaving an abrasion behind, and uh, shot to the base of her skull, just behind her ear, where the bullet traveled through her brain and became lodged there, according to the medical examiner. Oof, oof. Mm-hmm. Soot marks that were left on Nancy's clothes and skin indicate that the barrel of the gun was at most two inches away from her each time it was fired at most at most Doof. yes i can you imagine Mm. this is why you get a ring or you look out the goddamn window before answering your (laughs) door i mean it's so sad that it
0: takes things like this for us to like completely shut off our our entire communication with the outside world like I have to have video cameras. I have to have peepholes. I have to have a window. Like I need to see exactly what's happening before I even step foot close to the door. Yes.
1: And you shouldn't be that afraid in your own home. Correct. It's sad, but that's just how it is nowadays. Mm -hmm. And this was in 2003. Yeah. So I feel like it's much worse now. Oh yeah, for sure. For for And it's just, it's, it's just terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. There was surveillance footage from the Potomac Yards Target that was played by prosecutors that showed Nancy pushing a cart full of merchandise through the store as a man wearing jeans and a dark jacket appears to follow her around the store and out the doors to the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Police believe that man in the video was Charles. Mm-hmm. However, his defense team argued that there is nothing that proves that it was him and Target.
0: Yeah.
1: Which... Uh, yeah. Eh, yeah. You know, there... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember how I said more on him later after Mm -hmm. mentioning Sheriff Jim Dunning when talking about the custody battle? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. The victim, Nancy Dunning, was the wife of said Jim Dunning. And this was not a random murder. Uh, No. um, As the motivation behind it is very clear. Yeah. (laughs) It's clean cut to the chase. He basically killed her because her husband was present. Yeah. So... There's that. Before this horrible murder was linked to Charles, there was actually suspicion surrounding her husband, Jim, as the main suspect. Huh. However, Jim had a rock solid alibi for the time of the murder because he was with his son and the two of them were waiting for Nancy to join them for lunch. Oh, gosh. When she failed to appear, they drove to their house and discovered her body. Oh, God. How old
0: was the son? Uh, doesn't... Doesn't
1: it actually say. Doesn't I mean, say. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how old he is. Even... Yeah, exactly. Traumatizing and awful. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, never, nevertheless, rumors began to circulate through the community that Jim may have played some part in the murder. Jim actually faded from the public life after the murder of his wife, And despite the fact that he was in charge of the sheriff's office as an elected official, he rarely made any public appearances. Now, unfortunately, Jim Dunning did pass away in 2012, Mm. still with that cloud of suspicion over his head, which really fucking sucks. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's tough. Like how could like I can't even imagine how he felt and to die with that laying over his head and on his heart and he knew he didn't do it. Correct. But the way people talk. Yeah, yeah yeah. And you know, always look at the spouse. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's yes. not always true and especially in this kind of situation. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sad. It sucks. The investigation continued on after his death. And their families and friends actually gathered a substantial reward for any information that would lead detectives to the arrest and conviction of Nancy's killer. Okay. Because now, mind you, that was in 2003. He didn't kill again until 2013 shit okay so huge gap yeah charles didn't strike again until november of 2013 which yeah. is 10 years after murdering nancy dunning wow uh now this lapse of time would later prove problematic for the prosecutors hoping to tie all the murders together yeah because uh, there was three during that time charles got into his Ford escort and drove across the country visiting historical sites along the way including some associated with the french and indian war Oh, okay. Like I said, he enjoyed history. Mm -hmm. He loved learning about that stuff. Hmm. Life for him moved on, while suspicions lingered back in Virginia. He also sent postcards to his parents from all across all across the country, with the phrase "tomahawking a homestead in the backwoods of America" appearing on most of those postcards. Tomahawking a what? Tomahawking a homestead in the backwoods of America. Not really sure what that means, but tomahawking is probably violent. Well, tomahawking is the a, it's the a, weapon. a knife or yeah.
0: a knife. Wow. An axe. Yeah. <coughs> yes. But yeah, no, that's that axe, mm-hmm. right? Is a tomahawk. Mm-hmm. So tomahawking a homestead
1: in the backwoods of America. So basically saying I mean, he's, to me, because, you know, they use the tomahawk as a weapon. Right. For, um killing animals to eat for war they're hunting so to me that's he's saying he's killing people not necessarily killing people but like he's violently trekking across america
0: like it's not just a leisurely vacation right yeah
1: yeah yeah so that's that's disheartening yeah Mm -hmm. weird too Mm -hmm. yes very all right so now on monday november 11 2013 Ron Kirby, the director of transportation for the Metropolitan Washington Council of Governments, was murdered in the middle of the day hmm. when he also answered a knock at the door, just like Nancy Dunning did 10 years before. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ron was shot a minimum of three times with the same, not the technically the same gun, but the same type of gun, the twenty-two mm-hmm. caliber, with the same type of ammunition used in Nancy's murder. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He was shot twice in the chest... And one of the bullets pierced both of his lungs, mm. and the other bullet hit his hips. Um, his fingers were also injured during the shooting, but they're not sure how. Hmm. So maybe he went to just kind of like is it possible defensive mood, maybe? And it, like it brushed by his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. Uh, they don't really say. Uh, Ron's son Joseph Kirby found him bleeding from the mouth in the living room of their Alexandria house and immediately called 911. Paramedics thought he had suffered from a heart attack before discovering the tiny bullet wounds and declared him dead at the house. Wow. Again, another son yeah. finding their yeah. parent dead. <clears throat> yeah. In their own home. Yeah, Nonetheless, like, how could you continue living in that house? Oh my gosh,
0: I know, seriously. I
1: couldn't even imagine.
0: Yeah. Dang.
1: Yeah. A plumber who was supposed to fix a sink at Ron's home the day he died later testified that he saw a white man walking near his home. Hmm. Daniel Petrillo had spoken with him by phone before arriving at Ron's Elm Street house. When he arrived about 15 minutes later, no one answered the door and no one answered the phone.
0: Hmm.
1: Daniel also stated that before he arrived at the house, he did see a white man wearing an oversized flannel jacket walking near Ron's home, and he was 80% sure that it was Charles Severance. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, in Nancy's case, it was the footage from Target, but Mm -hmm. it's not proven. Mm -hmm. And now Daniel is saying that he saw somebody and he was 80% sure it was Charles.
0: He saw somebody that looked enough like Charles that he could say, you know what, I'm pretty sure that that was that guy.
1: Right. So it seems like he was stalking his victims before actually going through with it. Hmm. The only thing is, is that Daniel didn't tell the police about this encounter until a month before a trial was set to begin. So the defense team was like, why? Why all of a sudden? Correct, yeah. Unlike Nancy Dunning, however, Ron had no direct relationship to Charles. Okay. So this was a little more random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now fast forward to Thursday, February 6th, 2014... Uh, Ruth Ann Lodato, a music teacher that taught at Music Together Alexandria for 20 years, she was also the center's director, mm-hmm. answered a knock at the door, oh, similar to both Ron and Nancy, of her Ridge Road Drive home in Alexandria around 11.30 a.m., when she was shot by a man who was described as an older male with gray hair and a beard. The murder weapon was, once again, a 22 caliber with the same ammunition used in the murders of Nancy and Ron. So, things are starting to connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The similarities, the, <clears throat> how they were killed, the, the weapon, ammo. Yeah. the ammo. Yeah. Ruth Ann had no direct relationship to Charles, but this murder was very much unlike the other two murders in a more important way. There was an eyewitness. I was going to say, that's very
0: specific description,
1: so... Yes. Okay. Dorcas Franco, uh, who was a, ter- a caretaker who happened to be in the home tending to Ruthann's elderly mother elderly mother mother elderly mother was in the house interesting mm-hmm. okay dorcas was also shot making her charles fourth victim but she lived to tell the story oh thank goodness yes she also helped a police sketch artist put together a composite sketch that was a dead ringer for how charles looked at the time Dang. and now these pictures will be on the instagram they are literally it's crazy how much it looks like, like somebody him. traced his photograph. Legit. That's
0: crazy. Legit. I love when that shit me happens. Because <laughs> it
1: really shit. sucks when the composite <laughs> sketch looks nothing. Yes. Like
0: who yes. it's intended Which to be. Which is me. actually the thing that I'm afraid of in the Delphi case. Mm. Because the two composite sketch sketches that they- different. are very different. Were so different. Mm-hmm. And like I get why. Remember we were talking about how like he's either a young guy who looks older or he's an older guy who yes. just can pass as really young. Yes. But it makes- identifying this person 10 times more difficult and like i'm just so afraid that it's going to be that type of a situation where when they catch the guide because i am fully convinced that they will and i think it will be soon just in my heart of hearts i agree um it's
1: gonna wind up looking nothing like him i agree mm-hmm. i absolutely agree yeah but like you said because there was such differences yeah it, it yeah. is it, it just it yeah. sucks yeah Following the release of the composite sketch, he was ultimately arrested on March 13th, 2014. Charles used a credit card in his name at a motel in Maryland and took three days to travel the five hours to Wheeling, West Virginia, where he was arrested and extradited to. Now I know I'm going to say this wrong and I'm sorry. (laughs) Loudoun County Adult Detention Center.
0: I would say Loudoun or
1: Loudon, but yeah, yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, close, yeah. Enough. close enough. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Lavin or Lunin, don't at us.
1: <laughs> don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Um, he made no effort to alter his appearance during this time. So he still stayed with the gray hair and the beard, uh, wow. which is interesting to me. That's very interesting. You yeah. would think, as a killer, you'd be like, oh... Let me change the little things that aren't so identifying. Yeah. No. you think. No. He didn't give two fucks. I was going to say he gave zero fucks. Zero fucks. Police said Charles faced charges. Now, there's a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to try to read this as clearly as possible. So he faced charges of first degree murder and use of a firearm in the commission of a felony in connection with Nancy Dunning. Okay. He was charged with capital murder, use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and possession of a firearm by a felon in connection with Ron Kirby. Okay. So basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except for the second one was capital a, murder.
0: Right, right, right. And you add in that part of possession of a gun by a felon because the murder of Nancy made him a felon. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> and then he was charged with capital murder... Two counts of use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, possession of a firearm by a felon, and malicious wounding for killing Ruth Ann Lodado and for shooting and injuring another woman who was in the home at the time. Who right, was right, right. Dorcas. Dorcas. Right, right, right. So yes, those were Shit. the charges that he was facing. Yeah, they just piled them on, didn't they? Yes, yes yep. they did. I and now that. I added this little this little <clears throat> tidbit. Um Capital Murder charges can qualify for the death penalty. Mm-hmm. However, the prosecutors were not seeking the death penalty. Gotcha. I don't know why. Because, hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah. This is another tidbit. Because I, I actually didn't know this. Mm-hmm. I, I learned this, which is fun to learn. I wish I didn't have to learn. That, but <laughs> still, yeah. Yeah. in Virginia, to be eligible for a capital murder, a killing must meet at least one condition set out in state code. So okay. having, like you were saying, doing mm-hmm. the two murders, possession. Right, right, right. Um, including that... The defendant murdered more than one person in a three-year period. Gotcha. So it has to be within a three-year period. It has period. Had those conditions. Mm-hmm. Got it. So
0: that's also why the first one wasn't capital murder, but Correct. the second two
1: were. Correct. Right. <clears throat> and, of course, all to which he pleaded, not guilty. Of course he did. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Charles' trial began on Thursday, October 8th, 2015. Wow, that's recent. Mm-hmm. Dang Prosecutors and defense attorney for the accused painted a picture of two very different men in their initial statements to a Fairfax County jury. One fueled by anger and mistrust, and the other, a history-loving man who struggled from a mental disorder. Yeah. Which, no one's saying that's not
0: reality. Right. 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 But it's the... I don't know. It.
1: I feel like that's something they fall on. Correct. They fall back on. Correct. Often. Correct.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: And it... Sometimes it's right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the that's very true, and sometimes it's not. Right, like they're reaching. Yeah, they're reaching for something. Yeah.
0: I think the fact that the the random ones mm-hmm. to me take away the mental disorder as being a factor. Mm-hmm. The first one I get because in a in a mind that works that way, mm-hmm. he can justify his actions because he felt like he was getting revenge. Right. Now, but in the other two, it was so random that to me, it
1: doesn't make, that takes that out of the equation. Right. But now, here's the thing. In the trial, though, they are saying that it wasn't so random. Mm-hmm. Like, Nancy, her husband was in the courtroom. Right, right, right. Uh, because... Well, you'll get to it, right? I think so. Let me make sure. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I do. If not, we could always, we could always revisit. revisit that. Mm-hmm. But more on that later. Yes. Prosecutors say that Charles, fueled by hatred for Lauren Lore. I do it too I, I, a, I think that's a, I think that's a jersey thing. Yeah, I think so too. Fueled by hatred for law enforcement, and Alexandria's elite class killed Nancy Dunning, Ron Kirby, and Ruth Ann Lodato, using what they described as a rare type of ammun- ammunition almost never used in crimes. Hmm. They focus repeatedly on the type of ammunition. Which was the 22 caliber long rifle, plain lead, hollow point, cyclone, or subsonic bullets made by Remington. Hmm. So very particular, very specific, right? Investigators believed three different mini revolvers made by North American Arms were used in the crimes, one for each killing. Okay. Charles wrote about this type of gun multiple times. He purchased one in 2003 and later urged his girlfriend at the time, Linda Robra, to buy two before the Ron Kirby and Ruth Ann Lodato murders. Hmm. Linda actually later testified that she never fired the revolvers and did not remove them from her house, but the guns are missing. She said only herself, Charles, and her sister had access to her home. Interesting. So... Yeah. 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 About that. Mm-hmm. The defense, however, said that the ballistic evidence doesn't prove Charles was the killer. The bullets used in the three killings are commonly available nationwide, and more than a billion such bullets have been produced since the late 1990s. Millions of guns could use the 22 caliber ammunition, not just the mini revolver that prosecutors say he used to kill all three victims, said defense attorney Joe King. Joe also stated that there is no DNA evidence that would link Charles to any of the three co- crimes, and there is no indication that he fled Virginia after Ruth Ann was killed. Instead, he headed to West Virginia for historical research. Mm-hmm. Of course, after his girlfriend kicked him out of their home. Shit. Okay. <clears throat> so, I agree. Like, it sucks that there was no DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the ballistic is a stretch, but come on. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you not relate that you know yeah, what yeah, i yeah. mean yeah i feel the defense was reaching but that's just me yeah well they're doing their job yeah 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 but i don't like their job i know <laughs> just saying I know. I know i know all right so, so charles voluminous writings four binders full were submitted as evidence in the case they were littered with references to historical events, sites, and philosophies, in addition to memories of his son, Levite, and rules for plans for historic themed games. Okay. The defense told the jury that his writings expressed more than just anger. Okay. But there was anger there. Yeah. Just more than it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. In those thousands of pages, he never wrote about Nancy Dunning, Ron Kirby, or R- Ruth Ann Ladatta or their families. Prosecutors argued, however, that the writings are focused on violence and revenge killings and document Charles' motivation for the killings, his hatred of police, courts, and Alexandria elite. David Lord, uh, Deputy Commonwealth's Attorney for Alexandria, told the jury that the writings contain hundreds of references that glorify violence or justify revenge killings. Okay. Lines from one of his twisted poems titled Parable of the Knocker, especially stuck out. Parable of the Knocker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. That's telling, huh?
1: Yes. Knock, (laughs) and the door will be opened. Knock, talk, enter, kill, murder, wisdom. Boof. Yes. Yeah, that's... Yes. Specific? (laughs) I mean, if that doesn't basically say, hi, I killed them, (laughs) I don't know what does. Hi,
0: my name is Murderer, I mean, Charles Severance.
1: (laughs) Like, legit. Yeah. He also wrote in another passage, and quote, quote, unquote, received no satisfaction after revenge killing. Hmm. So, again. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Obvious. hmm The first round of evidence and witnesses focused on the Ruthann Lodato investigation, which provided police with clues that helped shed light on both Ron Kirby and Nancy Dunning's deaths. Mm-hmm. Dorcas Franco, the lone survivor of the attacks who cared for Ruth Ann's 89 year old mother, gave an emotional testimony. Mm. Dorcas was shot two times in the arm and ran into her attacker, who knocked her backwards. She described running out of the house for help and coming back to find Ruth Ann on the floor bleeding. She broke into tears as she was being questioned about a sketch that depicted her attacker. The sketch was released publicly and resembles Charles. Dorcas identified Charles as her attacker, despite attempts by the defense to point out discrepancies between her descriptions to police and court previously. Hmm. Defense attorneys asked her and several other witnesses about the beard length and business of the man who shot her. That makes no sense.
0: Well, well, So the beard length, meaning obviously what Oh, the beard length and business.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: But that makes sense too, because like, well, yeah. So yes, he didn't alter his appearance in any way, but Mm -hmm. you can trim your fucking beard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, that doesn't
0: alter your appearance.
1: Correct. It just just changes
0: your beard. Trims your damn beard. Right here. Yeah.
1: Excuse me. Yeah. The attorneys noted several times that Charles has worn his long gray beard the same length for some time. So he didn't. Change it. Okay. Charles, wearing a brown, long sleeve, button down shirt, stared straight ahead during most of the day, periodically conversing with his team of lawyers. Okay. Now, they didn't say if he was emotionless or not, but I'm sorry, reading this and hearing straight ahead is the same thing. I was going to say, it makes
0: it seem like he was just kind of sitting there, straight faced, not not emoting in any way. Right.
1: A neighbor testified that she had seen an older white man with a beard wearing a tan jacket three times in the days and weeks before Ruth Ann's murder, mm-hmm. again with the stalking yeah. before killing. Yeah. When the sketch was released, she recognized him as the same man. A woman who runs a cleaning service in the neighborhood told police that she had seen Charles driving out of the Jefferson Park neighborhood. He had run a stop sign and was speeding. She didn't report the erratic driving until several weeks after Ruth Ann's murder when she saw a news report about Charles' arrest and recognized him as the driver. It makes sense. Yes, because maybe she didn't see the composite sketch, but she saw it on the news. I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Put those two together like
0: FYI, that day I saw this. Correct. Right, Right,
1: right. Correct. She said he had been driving a red Ford Escort, the same type of car captured by a neighbor's surveillance camera, Mm. and that Charles had been driving when he was arrested. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Ron Kirby's widow, Ann Gray Haynes, testified briefly, telling the jury that she had gone for a walk and then went to a doctor's appointment on the day her husband was killed back in November of 2011. Mm -hmm. The last call she ever made to her husband was to get driving directions. Ugh. Like, how heartbreaking is that? I know. And I really hope they told each other that they loved each other. Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer in never go to bed angry mm-hmm. and make sure you always tell somebody you love them. Absolutely. You Absolutely. never know what's going to happen. Exactly.
0: And the whole thing is, is was she in a rush? And she's like, hey, can you just give me the... Okay, great. I'll see you when we get back home. And like... And then that was the last thing that you ever said to him. And not by any fault or not by just, it's because you take for granted that they're always going to be there. Correct. And that's, it's sad. It's really
1: sad. It is sad. So take that as a life lesson. Listeners. Life left. Laugh left, I'm going to have another drink of my beer. Laugh left, <Life laflin>. him. <laughs> Schmirtaker. <laughs> well. Wow. So Charlie turned into the sweetest chef. <laughs> shelf. <laughs> oh, no, I did that one on purpose.
0: You're <laughs> holding
1: things. <laughs> on shelf, get it? <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, yes, directions. Mm-hmm. Her voice trembled as she identified a photo of her late husband. Daniel Petrillo, who I mentioned earlier... Also, presented his testimony in regards to him seeing the white man wearing the oversized flannel, mm-hmm. as I previously mentioned. Ruth Ann Lodato and Ron Kirby lived only about a mile from each other. Hmm. The evidence that was presented from the murder of Ruth Ann provided police with evidence and leads that investigators believe linked together all three killings. Gotcha. I feel like I said that earlier, but I said it again.
0: Well, we didn't really say that earlier. Basically, what you were saying earlier was that. They had a hard time linking them together because of how much time had passed. Correct. But this was kind of, I guess, the key that linked the three of them together. Correct.
1: The mother of Charles' son, Tamala Nichols, testified for the prosecution that she received threatening letters from Charles. She spoke softly on the stand and gazed in his direction while the attorneys conferred with the presiding judge. Hmm. Tamala stated that for nine years following the custody battle, Charles wrote her letters that she described as frightening and threatening. Uh, He also sent letters to her parents, their son, Levi, and to her work. Hmm. Prosecutors submitted some of the letters into evidence. Jurors were also able to see what was in Charles' car when he was arrested in West Virginia, a gun cleaning kit, but no guns, cash, many clothes, tourist brochures, and books, including the Bible. Hmm. Yeah. Charles was ultimately sentenced with three life sentences, one for each victim, plus forty-eight years. Hmm. He's currently serving time in Wallens Ridge State Prison in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Wow. So that is my story. Um, I do know, like, there was a lot of resources, but majority of them said the same thing. Right, Right. 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 So that's why it wasn't very detailed with the trial, but it's the basic points. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, that was Charles Severance, ladies and gentlemen.
0: It's so interesting to me, being a true crime, I always hate saying true crime fan, because I know that, well, but you guys know, you're listening to the podcast, you know what I mean. Being a person who enjoys listening to stories about true crime, when something like this, which you would assume would be a pretty big story, it's a fucking serial killer, happened so recently and i've never heard about it before sometimes it just really really shocks me when when that happens like Mm -hmm. how have we've never heard this story before it's just it's crazy which i mean obviously some of you may have but i just that's that's a crazy one and i just can't believe that waiting period of the 10 years between the the first and the second killing that's insane
1: yep i'm i don't I don't know if he did that on purpose. I don't know if he took that, that was like his celebration time because he just was filled with so much hatred. And he was like, you know what? Let me take this sabbatical. Let me travel the country and be all historical and crap.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also, it also makes you wonder when he was on this cross, when he was on this country. Why can't I talk now? All of a sudden. When he was on this cross country journey, right? Are there things that happened in his travels that just have not been related to him? Right. Like it makes cuz 10 years is a huge gap right. and then you figure between 2 and 3 it was only what 8 months, I
1: think you said? Correct.
0: Yeah. So it's like the fact that the first two had such a huge gap and then the second two were only within a matter of 8 months. It really does make me think or I have a hard time believing that in those 10 years he wasn't doing anything um, illegal right. or, or in the vein of what he was doing.
1: I agree. And it also does make you think, did he do something in these other states that they didn't link to him right. because they just thought it was a one and done kind of a thing? Correct. How correct. do we know that he didn't go to all these states and kill at least one person mm-hmm. by Knocking on somebody's door and acting like they're in the Book of Mormon. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. We don't know that. Right. And I have no doubt in my mind that down the road, things will surface. Possibly, yeah. And they'll be like, hmm, this is similar to this case. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's crazy. And the fact that he's still alive is just nutty but yeah yeah because he's he's not that old he figures you're younger than my mom so he's True. not an old man so it's just it's crazy when you put it in that perspective because it was funny when you said how old he was and then you mentioned his son being born and it was he was born in what like 98 or 99, 99 i was like okay yeah well that makes sense like you know like thinking of that time frame like oh crap mm-hmm. like because to me it just seems so recent right like then you realize it's actually not that fucking recent. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, getting um, old. Yeah, yay, getting old. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's a crazy one. So thank you so much, Jovi. You're for welcome. Being our first guest, Woo-hoo! our first guest storyteller. Go me. So um, we're we're going to try and make this a little bit of a series and kind of invite our friends who are true crime fans, um, to tell their stories. So whether it's their favorite stories, as far as their favorite true crime stories, or ones that they were familiar with growing up or got them in, in into listening to true crime, um, we're going to, you know, try and maybe make this a little bit of a, a series, as it were. So... Um, thank you guys so much for listening to Bed Crime Stories as always. Uh, we appreciate all of you so much for being um, being around and, and sending your feedback and saying hi to us when you can. Um, as always, please look for us on our socials, um, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bed Crime Stories. And then you can always email us at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. Send us story suggestions. Just say hi. Send us picture of your, Send us pictures of your dog's because yes. that's fun all the dogs all the dogs send us, send us your favorite TikToks because um, that's a thing that I do now yes um, <laughs> Yes. fall down that rabbit <laughs> hole fall down the TikTok rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, I am seconds away from putting a daily timer on how long I can stay on the app <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet but I think it's going to have to happen
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but again we appreciate everybody please be kind to one another um, and we'll talk to you next week but until then sweet dreams <laughs>